0: Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Let Safeway
1: help you unleash your globe with your favorite personal care products. Right now with Safeway, get
0: great deals on all your favorite personal care products, like Head & Shoulders Base Shampoo, Pressed 3D Whitening Toothpaste, Listerine Antiseptic Mouthwash, Sensodyne Sensitivity Fresh Toothpaste, Degree Women Antiperspirant Deodorant, or Soft Soap Liquid Hand Soap. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local Safeway store for more deals and specific details. (laughs) G'day guys and welcome to Not A Knife. This is a show that is a bit of a mixed bag about everything. We talk about movies, we talk about music, we talk about culture, we talk about life. talk about a whole bunch of different random things. Hopefully you enjoy this particular show. It's part of The Curb, which is all about culture, unity, reviews, and banter. And this show is also proudly part of the OzCast Network, where you can hear other great shows like the Yegaday Day podcast, Apple Slice, and Hong Kong Confidential. I highly recommend digging into all of those shows. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wadjuk people of Perth region, and I pay respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. So, as you would have heard on the last episode, well... This particular show has gone through a bit of a rejig. It's going to be a bit of a mishmash, a mixed bag of of things that is, you know, we'll be covering all kinds of different stuff, life, movies, music. As this show will be coming once a month, I'm going to give you an album that I recommend listening to, as well as a movie that I recommend seeking out. So those two things you'll get at the end of the episode, after, you know, well, who knows what is going to be the main part of the show. So what you're getting on this revamped version of Not a Knife, for the first episode of it at least, is a discussion with director Giovanni Mercuri, who has directed and starred in and written the film The Target. And The Target is a film that is about the different types of bullying and how it affects different types of people of different ages. On this particular film, it focuses around one person who is talking at her husband's funeral. He, her husband has taken his life and talking about the effects of bullying had on him that caused him to take his life. As we watch through this particular unfortunate event, we also see different aspects of bullying in workplaces, in social situations, in life. And it's a really interesting look at what constitutes as bullying and, and the effects of bullying on people. The reason why this particular interview is coming out now is that it's coming out at the time that You U OK? Day is coming up. You U OK? Day is on September 13th. It's usually on the, the second Thursday of, of September each month. Uh, you can find out more information about You U OK? Day at R U o K, That's the letters R U OK? And what R-U-O-K U OK? Day is about is really it's about understanding the signs of mental illness and understanding when somebody's not doing very well it's aims to to help prevent suicide in australia at least a, a heck of a lot of people die from suicide and it is certainly one of the most preventable causes of death in society and are you okay day aims to do that and it aims to highlight how to recognize mental health issues and how to address and approach people who you think might have a mental health problem and you know, I've I've certainly got my own issues with are You U OK? Day because I, I fear that are You U OK? Day is a way to further trivialize mental health issues in society. And certainly for people who don't have mental health problems, it may be a day that they are able to just check off that they've checked in with somebody who has mental health problems and not have to worry about them for the rest of the year. But are You U OK? Day tries to certainly push past that and tries to encourage people to talk about mental health problems with people in the workplace, their friends, their family, uh, more than just one day of the year. They try and certainly push that a little bit further. And hopefully you get that from this interview that I have with Giovanna, where we discuss how the film was made and and how her story of, of you know engaging with this particular subject came about. So that's gonna be the bulk of the, the particular episode here and the rest of the episode well i'm going to recommend two things which you have to stick around at the end for and that's going to be an album and a movie and hopefully you enjoy the the interview that i've got here with Giov- giovanna and certainly hope you enjoy the episode
2: I'm curious about what drew you to the story and why, why you wanted to tell it.
3: Okay. So basically locked in productions is about making movies and TV series about life issues that people se- seem to sweep it on a lot of things under the carpet. Now in my day job, I'm an accredited mental health social worker. So I literally travel around to people's houses and I provide counseling sessions. The amount of people getting bullied, and you know what? I left my old job because I was severely bullied. Um, I never experienced bullying much at high school or anything like that. It was more as an adult because when I was working, um, I put I put 100% in, and unfortunately, that upsets people around you that maybe they're not so motivated. Um, and I was just minding my own business, doing my work, and the manager would compliment me in front of everybody. And that put me on the radar, unfortunately. And people started to get a little bit uh, jealous or upset, or um, I don't know. They just started being really nasty. And I remember the detrimental effect it had on my emotions. I was crying myself to work every day, and I was crying myself on the way home every single day. And in the end, I'm like, I can't. I just can't do this. And there's not a lot of help out there for bullying. They say there is. But when you are actually in that situation when you're getting bullied, um, like, for example, my manager, I reported everything I needed to report. She organised a mediation. She said, right, you're going to sit in the room, the bully's going to be in there, and I'm going to mediate. We had a time set. We had a play set. We got there. The manager never showed up. So I was alone in that room with the bully. Um Anyway, I decided to leave that place. But in my work, I yeah. see a lot of people who are actually experiencing bullying and they don't know where to go. They're not getting support. They're too scared to report it because it puts them more on the radar. Sometimes it makes things worse. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to make a movie about different types of bullying and how it affects people. It's actually, It's actually really a message to bullies themselves. When you actually look at the whole movie, you stand back and watch it, it's actually for bullies to say, this is what you're doing to people. You're not just bullying the person, but you're you're bullying all the people around them as well. And if you are feeling so upset with yourself or if you've got an empty feeling inside you that you need to put someone else down to feel better, you need to go and get help. Yeah. You know, so it's actually a message for the bullies.
2: Yeah and you know there are scenes in there where particularly with um a a manager who you know we'll we'll talk about in a moment the casting there but you know his story and, and the 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 basis around why he's there and and the framing of the the film is really interesting because I don't think from a bully's perspective that we we tend to see that all too often which is mm-hmm. you know we see the victim but we don't get to see why the bully is doing it yep. or the remorse that they may feel as well, which, yep. you know, is, yeah. It was
3: actually really interesting, it, just so, you know, people understand what it's about. So it's about a, 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 um, a woman. She's saying a, a eulogy at a funeral and she's talking about bullying and she's talking about the journey of her husband who actually commits suicide due to being bullied by the manager. The manager... Um, yeah, so when now I've got Damien Leith, who's playing the, the main bully. Now, when he read the script, it, this was actually really a really interesting thing that I wasn't expecting to happen. So in the story, I made it that Damien's character was going to feel an intense amount of remorse, okay, because basically, he you know, in my eyes, a bully would feel remorse that somebody has committed suicide due, due to them bullying them. But Damien actually saw it from a different perspective. He's like, you know, I've been studying my character and I'm reading the script and I'm I'm going through it. I don't think he would care. I actually don't think he would care. And he goes, why would he, you know, why would he actually care to that point? And I'm like, oh, now you've got me thinking because I don't think like a bully, so maybe they wouldn't care. I would care. Um, I would never get over it if someone hurt themselves, you know, because of a terrible way I've treated them. But maybe a bully doesn't care. I don't know. And then so we had actually quite a big discussion about it. And I said to Damien, play it the way you feel you need to do it because in the end it's your character and I'm giving you ownership of it. If you turn up at that funeral and you you don't care, then that's how you're going to play it, okay? But on the day when he, he turned up and I think he saw the coffin there, and he saw me where, you know, he would have seen me all black. Yeah. Just the, the mood of the place. He came back to me and um, and I said, and and he goes, you know what? I'm showing remorse. Uh, nah, he would show remorse. He would. He would definitely show remorse. And I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, nah, I'm, yeah, he would be remorseful. Yes, he would. So that's how he played it. So, yeah, it was, it was actually a really interesting um, occurrence.
2: Yeah, no, he's really good in it as well. And I'm curious about how you went about casting him and, and yep. getting in contact with him to, to be in the film.
3: Yeah, so basically there was a a friend who's in my movie. Her name is Vicky Wanless, and um, she developed a fan club, or she's in a, his fan club, and she's always been a massive fan of, of Damien. Um, and she, she inboxed me one day and she said, hey, gee, how do you feel about maybe having Damien Lee in your movie? I went, Damien Lee, the singer, like Australian writer winner. <laughs> and then she's like, she goes, yeah. I said, oh, as if, you know, as if he's even going to look at me. Who am I, you know? And she goes, no, no, he's a really, really nice guy. Come on, you know, let, let me just ask him. I, I reckon he wants to get into acting. Just just let me ask him. So I'm like, all right, you um, can always ask. So she put the feelers out there, and he said, "Yeah, just get her to send me, the, or get her to make make contact with me." So I'm like, "Holy crap! Like, <laughs> that I wasn't expecting that." So I emailed him, and I introduced myself, told him what the the story was about, and he said, "Hey, that sounds really good. You know, I was bullied, and it's a really good message to get out there. Send me the script." I said, "Yep, yeah, no worries." And at that time, I didn't even finish the script. It was almost finished, but I hadn't written the ending. So I'm like, oh, holy crap! I better finish this this, this <laughs> script. So I'm typing away, and I finish it off, and I send it send it to him. Um, I didn't hear anything for about three or four weeks, and of course, all the negative thought processes start going in my head, like, oh my god, how embarrassing! You probably hated the script. Why did I even try? You know, you get all that negative self doubt. Um, and then, yeah, about three four weeks later, he wrote back, and he said, "I love it. I'm I'm in." So and
2: that's how I got him. That's fantastic. No, it's really good, and you know certainly for you know independent filmmaker and and somebody working on a really low budget, having a name like that really helps getting yeah you know your work out there and getting people to come along and see it as well. It really so.
3: does. It does help. And the thing is, as I said, we've got 160 cast and yeah, we've got 160 people who are part of this movie, cast and crew, because the movie's made up of small things that are combined into one. And, yeah, um, yeah and every single person has been bullied in, in the movie or have has seen someone very close to them get bullied. So the passion of these people, it just, you know, really makes me emotional. Like, just, I, I feel like the luckiest person on earth, not only to have Damien, but to have all of them
2: in there. Mm. Yeah, no, Definitely. So I'm curious because, you know, as you're saying, everybody has been bullied in some regards. How did you go about getting the stories for this and, yep. you know, talking to the people who were bullied, how did they feel about having their story shared yep. uh, in a film? I put out a bit of a call out. Um, some, some of them are, uh, you know, from my
3: counseling experience, I got a little bit of a bit of a story from a few cases and stuck them together so nobody can actually sit there and say, oh, that's my story in some of them. Um, But others, some of the actors um, actually wrote to me and said, hey, um, you know, this movie is so cool. You know, the the idea of this is great. I just want to tell you what happened to me. And then they would tell me. And I'm like, hey, can I use that? Can I actually use that as a scene? And they're like, hell yeah. And I'm like, and by the way, you can act in it, you know. (laughs) So, you know... That's it. Was such a a great um, collaboration of you know just just people's passions and being so willing to share their stories and they they were more than happy to have it up there.
2: That's good. It is, and you know certainly like some of it's got to be difficult for them to to relive certain things or yep. or experience other people's um, yes you know moments of bullying. So how do you as you know, both the director and, and somebody who who cares for people. How do you manage those two hats when you're doing yep. actors during
3: the actual shoot itself? So, okay, there's a bit of preparation. So, um, I've got to try to break down. So, <laughs> so we prepare everything. Time. It's business. At first, it's business. Uh, we set up the scene. Uh, every everything's in place. Uh, Whenever when everyone's ready. Now say if the camera guys are still, like, setting up something, getting lighting ready, I was talking a lot to the to the cast and the cast would be talking to each other. And I'm, I'm like, you know, how are you guys feeling about acting this out? Are you okay? Please know that it's 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 a really good cause. You know, um, what you're going to be saying to each other is just acting in this scenario right now and it's a great message, you know, to help other people. And they're all like, yeah, no, it's all good. And, and so we debriefed. Prior, we debriefed at the end. We also debriefed in the middle because there's one, one scene in particular, um, actually two scenes, but one one was in the Gloria Jean, um, like, cafe when um, there are two Muslim ladies and they're just minding their own business, having a lovely conversation in their own language, and then two, two men actually torment them um, and start being really nasty to them. That scene there was such a hard scene to watch. I actually struggled just being a bystander watching it, you know, play out. So when we would say cut, we would debrief in between. Um, I, I was, you know, we're a very huggy group. You know, we'll give cards, Oh my god! And I would say, oh my god, that was so terrible to watch. Are you okay? This is this is awful. But you know, it's so good that we're putting it out there. You know, and they're like, yep, yeah, no, absolutely, this has to happen. So we're, there's a, a few laughs in between too with a bit of teasing each other to try to lighten the mood. Um, but, yeah, lots of talking, lots of hugging and lots of joking.
2: Yeah, which is, is good. It makes a nice supportive set, yep. which is a, a really important thing. You, you want to be able to uh, feel like a family when you're dealing with such yep. you know, difficult subject matter.
3: Especially when the stories are true because every story is a true story in this except for one um, where a person gets extremely injured. I'm sure that there's a story out there for real, but um, that, that was actually a make-believe one. But, yeah, when, when the stories are real, it does bring things up for people. And in when, when people buy the DVD, they're going to see a lot of um, – there's a lot of special features, um, so interviews, the making of, and you'll see the cast and crew talking about, you know, how they felt so you know um how yeah you know one would say yeah unfortunately this is something that happened to me as a kid and you know but you see people after it so yes that happened to them at one point in their lives but they survived it they got through it and now they're feeling empowered because they're helping other people
2: yeah yeah so what i found interesting and, and surprising was that you know they this looks at bullying in areas that you may not really think that bullying exists. So, you know, there was, there's was an interesting scene where it is, uh, you know, a, a kid and an adult. And, you know, I didn't expect the bullying to work that way in, in some regards where yes. it's like, you know. Yes. You always kind of think of the person in power being like, it would be the adult bullying the kid or something like that. Yes. Not the other way around. And that surprised me. Yes. So
3: I, yes. I, so the scene very... you're talking about is um, where the, it's a father-son scene and the son yeah. bullying the father. Let me tell you, it's really sad, but it is becoming more and more common where where um, parents are feeling bullied by their, their children and, um, they're becoming victims of family violence. And, um, a lot of it is, yeah, it's bullying the other way around. You're right. And that's, I wanted to put that into light because I don't think people, even people in the situation wouldn't name it as bullying, but it is. You look at it and it is. It's bullying is, a, is, is, um, a reoccurring, you know, reoccurring put downs or threatening other people. So. It does happen where children and you know uh, are bullying their parents, it's actually more common than what
2: you realize now. Yeah, so what did you what surprised you when you were researching for this film? Because, yeah, that surprised me a lot. Yeah, I guess the microaggressions and the different things that maybe people see as kind of maybe they feel it's a common day thing and don't actually put the label of bullying on it, but. When you you look under at the microscope, it is actually bullying yeah. and having major effect. So, what surprised you as a filmmaker doing this?
3: I think the scene that comes into my head is the um, the practical jokes that go too far. I felt myself so confused at one point because I'm like, it's a joke, so you know you you try to reflect how far is too far. Like obviously, people get hurt. But the character in the story gets – so obviously she's had practical jokes happen to her throughout the year, so it's a reoccurring thing to the point then she gets hurt at the end. So how do people know when to stop? How do they themselves know? How can they know when it's, you know, oh, we're just mucking around as opposed to we're actually bullying you to make ourselves, you know, feel more entertained, you know? So yeah, that scene there was a bit confusing for me. Like, it's it's a joke, but hang on, that person's actually getting upset now. So, when is too far? When is far too far? You know? Do, do you know what I mean? We know if they yeah. get hurt, it's gone too far. But prior to that,
2: yeah. At what point is the line? Yeah. that it becomes too much because one of the things which I mean, I'm sure you're very familiar with, but in Australia in particular, you know there's always the the argument from people ah oh, you know it's nothing they're just you know just having a joke just having a land kind of thing yeah yeah you know and and boys will be boys yes. kind of rhetoric and yeah i i find that really frightening and and i don't know as a society how we manage to break that down but i think you actually put a few points in there where it's like you know talking about things you know, the, the two mothers who talk to yes. one particular mother about, hey, maybe if you don't stand up for your son and just say, boys will be boys, you know, yeah, he's probably having fun, but our daughters aren't having fun having their things broken or bullied and things like that. And encouraging that kind of discussion and self-reflection as, as parents or yeah. friends or family That's members. That's right,
3: because there are... A lot of situations in schools where parents want to take matters in their own hands because they feel, okay, their child's getting bullied by another kid. They've told the school. The school's being blasé about it. It's the parents who are having to put up with their kids crying every night. So not enough action can get done quick enough. So the parents then think, well, that's it. When I go to school tomorrow, I'm going to have a word with these parents. You know, I'm going to have a word with the bully's parents or I'm going to talk to the bully. And... Doesn't it make it better. Doesn't it make it worse. This is the thing. This is why bullying is so hard to deal with because you don't know if it's going to make it better or worse. What we do know, though, is that um, talking about it and you just keep reporting it until someone does listen. Um, yeah. And 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 another. I'm just going to turn my light on because it's going to be dark in here. <laughs> so that probably no, hasn't no, it's okay.
1: Much.
3: Sorry, the lighting. Okay. Anyway. Um, Another thing that, you know, the character who's saying the eulogy says is she just thought, so somebody did tell her that her husband was being bullied at work and she just thought, ah, oh, but look, that's just the way boys interact at work. She, she was so blasé about it, she actually didn't realise the effects it was having on her husband. And so then the effect, how that affected herself, that, you know, she felt like she didn't do anything to help him. You know, like oh, I just thought that's just normal. I just thought that's how boys interact at work, you know, I didn't think anything of it, you know? And it it mm. can be really hard for people around, you know, the victim because you just you can't always pick it. You know something's wrong, but you just can't put your finger on it.
2: Well, I think I think this is a difficult thing, is that you know, we live busy lives. Everybody lives a busy life and yet you know, one of the things that we need to, as a society, get better at is looking at each other and, and recognizing when somebody's in need. And I think, you know, personally, and that's where something like AOK okay Day comes in, where people learn how to see those signs a little bit better and learn how to understand that, hey, somebody's not doing so well. Yep. What can we do to help them? And out?
3: there are actually signs when people are, you know, if they start to withdraw from, from, you know, if they, if there's behavior, you've got to look at behavior changes. Um, so they can withdraw, or they can get more snappy than normal, or just feel like the world's against them all the time, or you know, negative, negative talking. Um, there's, you know, maybe lack of motivation, you know, not being able to get out of bed in the morning. All those type of things, changing their eating habits, not being able to sleep. There are so many signs. If we tune into each other, and and we actually just stop and just look around us a little bit, and just take note of instead of saying, "Oh God, that person's snappy today or lately." God, I don't want to be near them. They're just so annoying. Why don't you just actually say, "Hey, I've noticed that you've been, you know, you've been a little bit different lately. Are you okay? You know, actually notice."
2: Yeah, yeah, and then doing something to be there for that person and, and helping them out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. So for you as a filmmaker, where to next after such a, you know, fascinating film that discusses a really serious topic? Yep. Are there more topics that you want to explore that, yeah. that can help out with society? There
3: sure is. Um. So at the moment I'm also doing – I have not stopped filming in two years. <laughs> Literally there's no, no break at all. So basically straight after we finished The Target, I started a TV series. It actually started out being a web series, but Channel 31 picked it up. So here in, in Melbourne, we've got a, a, a TV station that is community-based, and yeah. it allows people like me to, to showcase our work. Channel 31 is amazing. And um, so they picked up my show, and, and now we've got... A show called the travel counselor, and it's basically what I do for a living go around to different people's houses, and I counsel people through mental health issues um, You know any life um, Difficulty that they might have and the purpose of that show is to teach people different strategies on how to deal with different types of things um, so the next Major story because it's all different stories, but the next major one that I'll be working on is grooming so Not many people understand what grooming is, and it's not like the brushing your hair, brushing your teeth type of (laughs) grooming. It's it's when somebody of power or somebody older kind of manipulates a younger person for the purpose of abuse in the end. So we see it a lot in sport in the sports world. Um and this is a, a true story of a young lady who was um groomed by a karate teacher. So nobody like grooming is actually quite common but it's very very hard to identify that that's that it's happening at the time until the person's older and they've already been abused by the person
2: that sounds really interesting and it's great that this exists you know and we've got a channel 31-ish kind of channel over here and it's fantastic because you know the community driven shows and community community driven projects can be shown that yeah. way so it's fantastic to see yeah that. um but i'm just i i'm excited that somebody is out there kind of exploring these things because i think one of the problems is is that in media at least you know we talk about you see you know tragic things you know being reported yes. young kids committing suicide because they were bullied and yeah. things like that which is really, really difficult stuff. But I feel that outside of those news reports, the conversation doesn't really move all too far. And it's
3: funny because I have approached networks to let them know that this movie exists, but no, not interested unless somebody, you know, harms themselves. it becomes on the news, it's that topic for the day or topic for the week, and then it's forgotten. And, you know, this is another point that I really want to bring across is that, Many organisations, schools um, and and workplaces, they have beautiful anti-bullying um, policies. The policies couldn't be more beautifully written. But when the bullying occurs, I have not ever seen, and um, people can please email me the way they have dealt with bullying, I've never actually seen a, a bullying case be, be treated Well in an organization. I know that's a big cause call because I don't know you know all organizations But I've never personally come across an organization who has dealt with bullying In a fantastic way. I have heard clients complain that they've reported the bullying and the manager says oh Sorry, I've never really dealt with this before so the managers themselves don't really know how to handle it whether the, the policies are there, but I don't know why they don't get
2: followed. Do you, do you feel that it's simply, you know, to me it seems like it's more of a, okay, we have to tick this box in making sure that we've got this pamphlet yeah. somewhere so that, yes. you know, and nobody, it's the expectation and probably nobody's verbalizing this, but nobody will ever use it, but it's there in case, just in case.
3: It's there just in case. Um, yeah, I, I agree. and. I remember when I used to be a welfare coordinator in a, in a secondary college, I used to take bullying very serious. I would call the bully in my office and, um, and I used to try to understand why they were bullying and really try to reach out to find out why they weren't feeling good and, and try to help them understand how their action is affecting other people. But I know that a lot of schools don't have that time to do it, so the time factor can be really low as well. People need to get things done you know, they're they're rushing around, they don't have time for bullying and a lot of managers say, they're adults, they should just sort it out themselves. You know, they're not children, they're adults, you know. Um, But, you know, when you're being bullied every day, it does weaken you and you just feel so, so meek and I found my personality changing from an empowered kind of strong person to a person who, I couldn't even tell you what my name was at the time, you know. So damaging
2: yeah. it's so so damaging yeah and confidence levels drop and there's no you know it's it's hard and you know correct me if I'm wrong but it feels like in some ways that you know it's a, it, it needs to be a two two pronged attack I guess is the way of putting it um, where you know we are dealing with the problem and the effects of bullying but we've got to help stop that occurring so you know putting the groundwork into getting people to feel confident and also in, you yep. know, in basically you know, teaching people and raising people that bullying is not okay. That's right. And because we have
3: found um, that in some cases, in a lot of cases, kids who bully others usually have parents that have bullying traits as well. Um, so it can be a learnt behaviour. As well, and that that's a sad thing. But I think if you're, if you're getting bullied in a workplace, try to stand together with other people who can help you through the process of getting help. Talk to HR. They need, you need to write everything down. Who does what? What time did they do it? What the incident was? So you, you kind of build a case on it, bring it into the HR and say, this is all the stuff that's been happening to me and I need it to stop because it is emotionally destroying me and it's affecting my work. And I want to come to work and feel safe and comfortable. Um, so if you document everything and, and send it to HR or to your manager, that should help. The tricky thing is, what if it's the manager that's bullying you? So in my movie, the manager is, is bullying the character. Now, it's not a yelly type of boss. It doesn't come in and start yelling and making it overly obvious. It's little put-downs. It's the way he says it. Um, that people might not flinch except for the person who has been told to. So you've got to find out the processes. Like if, if it's your manager that's bullying you, who else do you go to to, to talk about it? So you might not feel mm. confident. I know that when you're being bullied, it's very hard to talk to the bully themselves and say, listen, I'm feeling bullied by you. You can. You can do that. It would be ideal if you did, but I understand how hard it is to do that. So it's about finding supports around you, Um, find people who will rally, you know, stand by you and help you through the process. But the biggest thing is, is to understand no bully is worth your life and is worth you self-harming. No bully is worth that. They're they're not worth it. So, you know, find help. Don't hurt yourself.
2: Yes. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And, you know, there is... There is a lot of uh, support out there and, you know, family members, you know, are able to support, friends are able to support and there's, there are support networks out there. Yeah. So for you, where do you recommend people go besides obviously, you know, documenting and things like that? Is there a particular place that if people are unsure what to do, they can call up or where yeah, they
3: can possibly... There visit? are bully, um, bullying hotlines. Um, so if you just Google just Google um, bullying hotlines and just see what comes up in your area, um, but there are help even helpline. If if you can't find anything specifically on bullying, you know, um, ring up the helplines and, and say I'm getting severely bullied at work. I need support, but I don't know who to turn to, and they can hook you up with the right links around your area.
2: Fantastic, yeah. and. For people who are interested in coming along to seeing the film, when is it showing and and where can they find out more information about it as well? So because it's an
3: independent film, so in Melbourne it's showing three times so far and it's really going to be a matter of, say you're in Western Australia, if you wanted it to show in a community centre or a theatre near you, you would contact me and we would try and make that happen. Um, Sure. As long as the costs of the place could get um, covered then you could show it there. Um, But there's DVDs that will be on sale shortly. So as of the 2nd of September, the DVDs will be available. We're getting a website that's being done at the moment. But um, if you go on the Locked In Productions Facebook book page, people can inquire about the DVD and I'll give them all the details.
0: Stunning opening to Mojo Juju's opening track for her new album, Native Tongue. It is easily one of the great albums of the year, and it's also easily one of the great Australian albums of the, the last few years. It is a stunning piece of work, just like everything that Mojo Juju does is stunning. Really, you need to dig into her work. She does amazing stuff and has a really, really powerful voice. She has heritage of... We're a jury, which is Aboriginal and Filipino heritage, which is what Native Tongue is about. It's talking about where she's come from as an individual, where her father is from, where her mother is from, what that does to her as a person and what that means for her as a person. And, you know, she is a unique voice and a unique talent that I think that Australia really needs. And and I'm really happy that she exists and she's here. I've seen her a few times live as she supported Abby May, who I'm a huge fan of as well. And, you know, it's it's through artists like Abby May who support great artists like Mojo Juju to, you know, give them a platform to be a supporting act for her shows uh, that, that has introduced me to some really great Australian music. And certainly Mojo Juju's work before uh, Native Tongue has been really, really fantastic and very kind of Bluesy slash jazzy kind of music, uh, you know, very soulful stuff. Really, really great to dig into and really beautiful stuff. This new album is completely different in a lot of ways. It's still the same, but it's very, very different and a little bit more poppy in some of the songs, but also a lot more aggressive in the way that she tackles her heritage and what it means to be queer in Australia and what it means to be indigenous uh, or, or brown in Australia. Fantastic stuff. I absolutely love this album. It is out right now. Head over to mojojuju.net to find out where to pick up this particular album.
1: My great-granddaddy was Wiradjuri. My father came here from the Philippines. It's where I live. It's where I want to be Ooh, but you make me feel so ill at ease I don't speak my father's native tongue I was born under the southern sun to say, it ain't no thing, but I'm the one, you yeah, ain't the one, been living in the skin. If you wanna call me something, call it to my face, but I will not apologize for taking up this space. Every time you cut me down I'm gonna come back fierce The time is through for being nice Let's call it what it is Can I have everybody's attention? I'm looking for the guys who murdered my wife <laughs> Are you one of them? Yeah
0: Thank you. I now have full control.
1: Hi! You upgraded. Now you're stronger. Faster. Better than everyone else.
0: The ride that is the trailer for the kick ass stunning phenomenal full of all the energy in the world film upgrade written directed by Lee Wanell the guy behind saw uh, well, one of the guys behind saw along with uh, James Wan. look this is it's an Australian film for starters uh, which is amazing. Really fucking pissed off that this particular film does not get a wider release. I went to try and go and see it, but it just was on at stupid times. And by stupid times, I mean 10 a.m. during the week. Uh, yeah, I'm at work at that time, guys. Please put on a film like this at a later time because uh, this is great. It stars Logan Marshall Green as a guy whose wife gets killed and he gets this chip implanted in him which basically upgrades his body and takes over his body when he asks it to and is able to fight and punch and kick and kill and destroy you know and take revenge in a stunning way and what works so well about this film is is that it's got this great energy this great vibrancy to it that yes it's a sci-fi film yes it's set in the future and all that kind of stuff but it's full of you know the the world is built so wonderfully it, it feels genuine it feels organic and everything in it makes sense and you know the action is brilliant the you know it's an entertaining film it looks stunning it looks fantastic and you know the the core performance of logan marshall green is brilliant because it's got to be extremely difficult to do what he does in those fight scenes. He is moving and, and driving these fight scenes in a really, really impressive way. Like, he's bending and moving in a in like, you know, dodging punches and all that kind of stuff. Yet he's doing it with this look on his face, like, I can't believe my body is actually doing this. And the first time that he actually, you know, the system takes over and, and the fight kicks in, he is stunned. He's like, I'm really sorry. I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I, You know, I have no idea about this. It's a fantastic film. It's a really, really enjoyable film. Uh, and one that I, I'm glad that exists. And I'm glad that Lee L was able to make this film. And I hope that he actually gets to direct a bit more. Because he does some pretty solid stuff. Like he obviously was part of the uh, the Insidious films. Uh, that was Insidious Chapter 3 was his uh de- debut i guess um which he wrote and he starred in those as well and upgrade is his second film and it's fantastic i really enjoy it so that's upgrade I-, I highly recommend seeking it out in america it is available to stream and i think that if you uh purchase it on itunes or those different platforms you get a lee one l audio commentary that was recorded too late to before it was be able to add on to your physical disc which is a shame Uh, it is out in australia on the 12th of september so in a couple of days time the commentary is unfortunately not available on that disc but regardless pick this film up you will not regret it so that's the episode of not a knife for this particular month uh, it feels strange saying that because usually I would do this weekly or fortnightly. But, you know, with the new way that I'm doing this particular show, I, I think it's going to work. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you enjoyed the interview with Giovanna. And certainly, if you are interested in finding out more about that particular film, then you can head over to Locked In Productions on Facebook. I'll stick a link in the show notes for people to find out more there. Uh, also, if you have questions or you have issues that you wish to, to raise, Uh, certainly lifeline.org.au is out there as a place that you can seek and get some support um, in dealing with that kind of traumatic difficulties. Or if you have questions and things like that, uh, 131114 in Australia. And unfortunately, I don't have the American ones, but uh, certainly suicide prevention if you do a google search for that in america you should be able to find the ones for you and if you want a bit more information about are you okay it is are you and again it's mojo head over buy that album you will not regret it native tongue is a brilliant song and a brilliant album one of the most enjoyable things and if you're in australia i believe she's touring in around october november time Go to one of her shows because it is kick-ass. So that's enough from me. Head over to thecurb.com.au. Follow me on facebook.com forward slash thecurbau. Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecurbau. If you want to help out the show a little bit, patreon.com forward slash thecurbau. au helps me continue doing this show and getting all this stuff out there. Be fantastic. Look, I really appreciate this and I really appreciate your time. And hopefully you enjoyed these discussions and really, uh, you know, let me know if you enjoyed the, the film or the album. If you do seek those out, I want to hear about them. If you certainly uh, have things to say or any questions, head me, you know, hit me up at thecurbau at gmail.com. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye.
3: I see you've played Knifey spoony
0: before. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details. How powerful
1: is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call.
0: Operation complete.
1: The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today